1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. <clears throat> it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, we, we preached on this last week, and we're going to do a part two because I guess there's some more things I wanted to say. But let me just get, take about three or four minutes and give you a, just a, a recap, a, a snapshot of what we said last week. Number one, we said it's hard to give thanks when one has pain. Uh, it's hard to be grateful. We said Thanksgiving is not an easy holiday for a lot of people. How can you be thankful in when the doctor just said that one has cancer? Or like my friend who just had his uh, leg amputated a week, uh, week ago. You know, how, how can someone, you know, be thankful? It's hard to be thankful in a situation like that. Number two, we said it's hard to be thankful unless one learns to control one's tongue. And we need to learn to control our tongue. We said, so, so how can I be thankful when I don't feel like it? You know, there's times we're not going to feel like being thankful, okay? So what do we do? How, how do I be thankful in bad times? When one learns to control one's tongue, it brings health to your life. Very, you know, and, and we need to learn to do that. We need to learn to control the tongue. The tongue is the smallest member in our body. And, and James says we need to learn to control it. And when we can learn to control that, instead of cursing God, we can learn to praise God and bring health to us as well. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. No, no, no. I will bless the Lord. Help me out. At all times. His praise shall continually be in my what? my mouth. So we got to control our tongue, okay? Number three, we said be thankful for provisions that God has for us. It's much easier to thank God when we remember the gifts that God has given us. He's given us many gifts. Uh, salvation is a gift. Healing is a gift. Uh, uh, pastors, evangelists, teachers, they're gifts to the church. So we're thankful and we learn to be thankful for those things. It turns things around in our lives. Number four, we said be thankful for the plans that God has for you. And Jeremiah 29 says, I have good plans for you, says the Lord. Uh, I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope. I plan to give you a future. So we look from God's perspective. God has good plans. Now, it may not look like things are going right your way or good your way, but just remember, God has the last say-so. Somebody say amen. amen. And then lastly, we said last week, be thankful no matter what happens for God's promise is to you to never, never leave you. And Isaiah 43 says it this way, when you go through the deep waters... I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up. It will not consume you. So take your outline out and let's go to part two today. And again, we're giving thanks, you know, in all things, not for all things. So the first thing we need to remember is this. We need to be thankful that you have been adopted by God. Now, I, I like this term, adopted, and it's all through the Bible. And it, what does it mean? It means that you and I were adopted in. You know, the, the Jewish race was God's, you know, the apple of God's eye. And then, you know, Paul talks about we have been grafted in or adopted in to the family of God, you know. So as we look at that, in First uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, it says, God decided in advance, God decided in advance to adopt us. Everybody say, adopt us. Adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Think about that. It gave him great pleasure to bring us in uh, to the family, the Gentiles. Now, how do we get adopted? Ephesians 1.6 says, he has made us accepted in the beloved. And, and Max Locato says it this way, to accept God's grace is to accept God's offer to be adopted into his family. 
Now, how many of you enjoyed your family time at Thanksgiving? Let me see your hands. Did you enjoy that? I mean, I enjoyed my family time. It's, it's always good to be around family. Do you know, you know that there's some people that don't have family? Can you imagine that? They don't have family. There's some people, there's orphans in the world today. And I, I tell you what, my heart goes out to those that are orphans, and God's heart goes out to them too. Can you say amen to that? God cares about the orphans, and he cares about us when we, uh, you, you know, needed to be adopted. He adopted us into his family, okay? And there's something special about being part of the family, and especially God's family. And many of us got together, as I said, with our families. Now, I believe adopted children are very special. I have a special place in my heart for adopted children. I've said this before. My, my baby sister was adopted, and I never looked at her as being adopted. She was my baby sister, okay? And, and we have uh, a, a my granddaughter has it was is adopted. I don't look at her as a being a you know I look at her as my granddaughter, okay? And you know what? God looks at us the same way, can you say amen? God looks at us as his family. We are his family. In Ephesians 1.5, Paul says to the church, we're part of the family. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. And he goes on to say in Romans 8.15, we can now call God Father or our Daddy. Think about that. Now, that's something to be thankful for. Now, I don't know about you, but I had a good uh, image of my father and family. My dad would do anything for me, and that's the reason I think it had a, a, a great effect upon my my life, and that's the reason I I think that you know uh, you know calling you know uh, our father daddy and 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 father is something special to me because I had a special relationship with my earthly father. Now some people did not, but let me tell you something: you can still have that special relationship with your heavenly father. Somebody say Amen. And God is there waiting on you, and I I just thank God for that. And in Romans eight fifteen says, "The Spirit you receive, the Spirit you receive, does not make you slaves." So that you live in fear again, rather the spirit received that you received brought about your adoption unto sonship. He made us sons of God. We're heirs with God. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Heirs of God, joint heirs. We're in the family of God. We have an inheritance. God give us his inheritance, okay? So that's what adoption means. He brought us in. So folks, I'll tell you what, something. We have something to be thankful for this morning. Somebody say amen. Now, you can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as your own children because God sent his spirit uh, of his son Jesus into our lives, crying, Abba, Father. I love that scripture. You know, it, it's something inside of it. You know, it's a privilege that we have. You know, to be in the family of God, it's, it's a real privilege. And sometimes we take that for granted. And that's the reason we need to have a thankful heart. And in the last days, people will be unthankful. And there's an unthankfulness in our land today. Somebody say amen to that. I mean, it's just an unthankfulness. And I don't want to be in that, in that crowd. Somebody say amen. I want to be in the crowd that is thankful, okay? I want to be like my God. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like our, our Father. So what is it like to be an orphan? Let's just talk about that for a moment. What does it look like to be an orphan? What does it feel like to be an orphan? Lee Nelling remembers his experience well as an orphan, and he said this. I, I really appreciate this. He had been living at the Jefferson uh, uh, County home for two years when he was eight years old and was taken with his two, year, uh, two younger brothers rather to the train station in New York City. And the day uh, before, his biological father had handed him a pink envelope that bore his father's name and address. And he told the boy to write him as soon as he reached his destination. 
So the boy placed the envelope within his coat pocket and no, that no one would take it, and then the train began to take off, okay? And Lee and his brothers fell asleep, and when he awoke, the pink envelope was gone. He never saw it again. Well, I would love to tell you that Lee's father found him and they lived happily ever after, but it wasn't that way. Somebody say amen. And that's not the way it is many times in the world today, okay? That the man, the man was unwilling to pass another second without his sons and sold everything and found him. No, no, no. It didn't end that way, but yours does. Somebody say amen. Our father does seek us out. You know, the Bible says that God seeks us out. Could you say amen to that? God looks for us. God wants relationship with us. God wants fellowship with us. The Bible says that God sent his only begotten son and died on a cross for you and I that we may be adopted into the family of God. How many of you know that God loves us? So we can just say that and think about that, and it gives us pause to be thankful that God is the father to the fatherless and be thankful that we can call our God father. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two, write this down. Be thankful for the change God is making in you. I am glad that, you know, that, you know, Paul says we go from glory to glory to glory and there's a change constantly in me. How many of you are glad you're not the same person you was when you first got saved? Let me see your hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so glad. I, you know, and, and you know, I just, it, it gets better and better and better. As they say down in Virginia, it gets gooder and gooder and gooder. You know what I mean? It gets better and better and better, okay? And, and, and because of what God is doing, okay, the change. I can be grateful for the changes that God is making in my life. God cares enough about me to help me to change. And, and here's the good note. Good news. No matter what I go through, God will use it to change me for better. And that's Romans 8.28, and I love that scripture. You see, he's working on the inside of me. He's not giving up on me. He's still working on me. And you know what? I, I may have faults. You may have faults. But how many of you know God still loves you? Somebody say amen. And God's still working on you. And God's still, you know, he has his hand upon you. He's still molding and fashioning your lives, you know, and, and because he loves us so much. Okay, so no matter what I go through, God will use it to change me for his glory. He's working on me. He is actually in me and inside me, and he's making changes. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. It says, we can have joy even in our troubles because we know that these troubles produce endurance. And endurance it produces character, and character produces hope. In other words, that things that God is doing in us, he's just making us better all along the way. How many of you went through something this year? Let me see your hands, okay? You know, you, you might have went through something that might have been painful in your life, but let me just say this. If you are looking to God in, in, in the sense of your pain, if you're looking to God and looking for God's help, God can use things like that to make it better in your life. Can you say amen? Now, God may not bring the pain, but he can use that to make you what he wants you to be and fashion you into what he wants you to be. So why does that make me joyful? Why is it that God building character in my life is such an important thing? Why, why, why? Because it's the only thing you're taking with you to heaven is your character. Now, folks, I'll tell you what, you're going to leave your charisma down here, but you're going to take your character with you. Who you are, you're going to take that with you, okay? And that's what God is building down here. He's building that in you. And, and you know, you get saved. How many of you know when you got saved, that wasn't enough? Somebody say amen. That was good that I got saved. But let me tell you something. I might have been delivered out of Egypt, but there's still a lot of Egypt in me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> 
And God's got to get that Egypt out of me. I mean, God's got to get that out of me. So when I go through things, God is getting those things out of me. God is changing me to be the person he wants me to be. And, and you know, it's just like anything. It's like your children. There's things that they have to go through. There's experiences that they have to go through to get to the place where they need to be. Sometimes even their failures. And sometimes their failures, they can take a failure and make something good out of it. Somebody say amen. So, why does that make me joyful? The character, he's, you know, you can't take your career with you, but you can take your character with you, okay? You can take that with you. You're not taking your reputation. You're not taking your money. You're not taking your hobbies. You're not taking your clothes. You're not taking your china. You're not taking your car, but you are taking your character. That's the only thing that you're going to take with you is your character, what God is building in you. Let me tell you something. We need to be more like Jesus. Somebody say amen. And we need to every day, God needs to build something in us to be more like the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, when, you are, when you're in that situation where God's building character in you, other people are going to take notice of it. Can you say amen? How many of you know that some of you, when you got saved and between when you got saved and now, how many of you know you don't talk the way you used to talk? How many of you know you don't act the way you used to act? Well, maybe some of you do, but, you know, we can give an altar call to that. But we need to know that God is working on us. And I'm not saying that, you know, when I got saved, let me tell you something. When I got saved, when I got saved, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I tell you what, I'm cloud nine, I'm praising God. Hallelujah. You know, if I had a choir robe on, I'd kick the back of it out. I'm so happy. Hallelujah. You know, I'm just so happy. Glory to God. But I had some things in my life that I needed to get out of my life. And some, I had people to tell me, Bob, the things that I... You know, somebody like a, a Bob would come along and speak to me, and I'm thinking, oh, really? Oh, I need to get rid of these things? Oh, okay, you know. I mean, whatever it is, I started getting rid of things. Come on, somebody. Now, now I'm not, t- now, hear me out, okay? I think all of us, on a scale of 1 to 10, we're somewhere on this scale, and God's still working on all of us. Somebody say amen. So I'm not here this morning just to point fingers or anything like that. But I'm saying what God is doing is building your character. And God is building something on the inside of you. And God wants you to be more like him. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So you're not taking any of those things with you. You can spend your whole life acquiring things, a big stockpile of possessions. You know, my wife and I was just talking the other day. We thought, you know what? I, you know, I, I think some of my things are just so important. But you know what? When I go to heaven... They're going to have a garage sale and get rid of all of it. My stuff is going to be gone. You know what? You, you never see a hearse and, and, and a U-Haul following a hearse. You never see that. You, take it, you can't take it with you. Somebody say amen. I mean, we, but we don't, sometimes we don't think of it that way. And stuff, and let me tell you something, your stuff can rust and, and, and whatever it may be or fade away or what. And sometimes some of the stuff we just need to give away. Somebody say amen. Because this holds us back from doing things that God wants us to do. So you can spend your whole life acquiring things and, a, and building up a big stockpile, and none of it's going to heaven. Can I get a witness? You can have all kinds of money. You can have a, 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 but have a, a stunted soul and have a poor soul. You don't have a lot of rich and money, but poor in soul. We need to reverse the order. Can you say amen? 
We need to be rich in God, rich in the things of God. That, that's what's really important. The only thing you're taking with you to heaven is your character. And God says, this is important. I want to use everything. I want to use your pain to build in your character. I want to use your patience. I want to love and security and love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and self-control. These are the things that God wants in our lives. How many of you know some of us need a little more patience? Thank you, Bob. You're honest. I need more patience at times. Can you say amen? I, I, I need more self-control. You know, we could, we could take the cop out of Flip Wilson. You know the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. You did it. You did that. The devil didn't have nothing to do with it. The devil was over and said, oh, not me. I didn't have nothing to do with that. He did that. You, you, you follow my drift this morning? So if we're more like Jesus and we have love in our lives, that's character. And God wants to build that in our lives so we love the unlovable, that we have joy in our lives. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Somebody say amen. amen. So these are the things that God wants to build in your life. And here's the good news. While circumstances may be working against you and while other people may be working against you, the good news is this. I can be thankful in this, that God is working in you. God's working in me. How many of you know the old song, God, he's still working on me to make me what he wants to be? And God is. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. God wants us to please him. Somebody say amen. 2 Corinthians 3 says it this way, and the spirit of the Lord works within us. I can be grateful for this, okay? We can become more and more like him. I can be grateful that I'm more like Jesus. I'm not like the person I used to be. More and more, I'm like God. I'm not like the old man, okay? So God knows that even the bad stuff that happens in my life, and the bad stuff that happened this year, that he will use it, that I can be more like Jesus. Even the pain that I have, that God could use that, okay? So true confession, I'm not all I should be. How many of you this morning can say that you're not all that you should be? Amen? I mean, this, this is, you know, we need to, you know, confess the, the things, you know. You know, here, here's the thing. You know, if we confess our faults, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just that what? Forgive us of our sins and what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The only thing that's going to hurt us is when we get to the place that we will not confess that and we don't uh, see what's the wrong that's in our lives, then it can be detrimental to our health. And we need to just take time and stop and praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. So the Bible says in Psalms 50, 23, give thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. That's what God says. Giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. We used to sing the song, we bring the sacrifice of praise. How many of you would agree there's sometimes you just don't feel like praising God? How many of you agree that sometimes you just don't feel like God's nowhere around? That doesn't mean he isn't. He's still working in you. Somebody say, man, he hasn't left you. You may have left him, but he's never left you. And you need to understand that. So start giving thanks, even in the sacrifice. Well, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. You don't have to feel it to know that God is God. Somebody say, man. You just believe it, and you, you know, you just, and it's a sacrifice. Now, here's the thing. In the church service like this with a, you know, and, and this worship team playing, I mean, it's easy to praise God. Somebody say amen. amen. 
but go outside these four walls. And when you're by yourself, and when the enemies hit you with everything he can hit you with, how many of you know it's not easy to praise God? That's a sacrifice. Amen? Amen. So the Bible says when you pause to remember that God has done in your life, it's like a sacrifice to God. It's like a sacrifice. God sees that. God understands where you are. God knows what you just went through. You've had one of the worst days. And some people have said things they shouldn't have said to you. Things has happened. You know, you, uh, you, you, you started out, you had a flat tire, you, you know, and, and, and all throughout the day, there's all these things. But you know what? In those, not for those things, but in those things, you still paused and thanked the Lord. How many of you know that's a sacrifice to God? And it honors God. Everybody say it honors God. Here's what the Bible says. Honor the Lord and worship him. Remember all the great things he's done for you. And then when we come into a place, and there's a reason we sing the songs. Why do we sing the songs? Why do we do what we do? Is we're coming to that place that we're honoring God for the things that he's done in and through our lives. And maybe it's a worship experience that you'll remember and go that was really moving in your life, and you took a major life turn in that, you know. And I tell you, if you just, you know, next time you come to that place in your life where these things are just so bad, just stop. Now, not for it, but in the situation, in the situation, not for the situation, but just stop and praise God. And, folks, it honors the Lord. Somebody say amen. Number three, write this one down, okay. Be thankful for the home that God has prepared for me. You know, we used to sing that song, heaven sounded sweeter all the time. And, and you know, when I think about heaven, I preached a lot of funerals, and, and I bring a lot of this to light at funerals, you know. And, you know, what, what, what's it going to be like? You know, what will it be when we get over yonder, the song says? Well, what will it be? And, and you know, I, I, there's things that I don't know, but there are some things that I do know. And here's the things I do know. I know what the Bible says. Somebody say Amen. When the Bible says it, I know that because this is what God says. This is what God says. Now, here's what God says. When we get to heaven, when we get to our home, you know, it is going to be a beautiful place. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Now, I'm talking about heaven. Now, I can always be thankful no matter what I'm going through, no matter what pain or experience. The pain uh, is not going to last. I, 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 I remember that. And that God has prepared a home for me in heaven. I, I think about that. Wow. Think about that. You know, I'm grateful that this life is not all that there is. I'm thankful for that. Now, if this life was all that there is, you know, we would be an elder despair, okay? Paul said, if I had hope in this life only, I'd be of all men most miserable. Now, folks, if this is all it is, let me tell you something. This is not much. Somebody say amen. amen. But I'm glad there's something else. Can you say amen? That's what we can be thankful for. So we come to that place. I'm grateful that there's more to life than the here and now. I am grateful that this mess is not the end of the story. Somebody say amen. You know, I'm grateful that one day God is going to settle the score. Somebody say amen. Now, how many of you have been mistreated or, or, or been things that's happened in this world or someone's done something to you, whatever it may be? And how many of you know there's going to come a day that God's going to settle the score? And some of the things you've given to God, you know, you just, uh, you give it to God because you know you, that somebody's hurt you, somebody said something, somebody's done something, uh, you know, you, you've been misjudged or whatever it may be. But let me tell you something, there's going to be a day that God's going to settle the score. One day God's going to balance the book. Somebody say amen. One day God's going to even the odds. Somebody say amen. One day God is going to right the wrongs. 
It may not be today, but there will be that day when we get in the presence of God. And I see a lot of wrong in this world. And one day, justice will be served. And that's what I'm talking about in our home that God has for us. This is not the end of the story. God is going to close the bank accounts and wrap it all up. And there's going to be a judgment day. And there's going to be a day of settling the score. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, here's what the Bible says. Let me just say what I said. I, I, I said there's things I don't know, but here's what I do know. Jesus said this. I'm, I'm going there. Now, he's, he's talking to his disciples, John 14, 1. And they... You know, there was sadness in the air, okay? And, and Jesus began to talk to his d- disciples. He said, I'm going there. And he's talking about a heaven to prepare a place for you. I'm going there. He's talking to his disciples, but he's also talking to you and I today. Can you say amen to that? He's not just talking to his disciples, but to us too. He says, and if I go, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come back and take you with me to that place that I'm preparing for you. Basically, that's what he's saying. So what an incredible promise. Circle, underline that phrase there, prepare a place for you. A place for you. Woo, wow. Now, somebody, they used to sing that song, Lord, just build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. There's not going to be nothing like that. That song should be torn out of the books. Come on, somebody. <laughs> no, no, there ain't no cabin in the corner of glory land somewhere, okay? Here's what, you know, here's what it, he begins, to, Revelation begins to describe that place. It's going to be streets of gold. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's going to be gates of jasper. I mean, you're talking about something nice. Let me tell you, Las Vegas don't have anything on what God has for us. Come on, somebody. I mean, you're talking about the bright lights. The bright lights are going to, uh, you know, the Lamb's going to be the light. Come on, somebody. He's going to shine. I mean, there's going to be beautiful there. Now, I tell you what, I, I, have, I don't have much gold, but I have a little bit on this ring here that my wife bought me and said, you better keep it always on your finger, and I do. <laughs> but I don't really care that much about those things in life. I don't even, you know, my watch, I got a nice watch. I don't even wear it anymore. I just don't like that. That's who I am, okay? And some people I see, it's like, I, I was talking to a guy the other day, and I thought, goodness gracious, I tell you what, it's a wonder you don't get tackled out in the parking lot and somebody rob you and get all that gold off. I mean, he had these necklaces and chains and earrings and all these rings. I'm thinking, somebody's going to rob you. (laughs) They're going to look at me and say, well, he doesn't have anything. (laughs) Is that all right? But I, I treasure that little bit of gold that I have on my ring. But folks, I'll tell you what, it's going to be under our feet up there. Somebody say amen. We're going to walk on it. Now, I don't care what kind of carpet you got. I don't care what kind of wooden floors that you have or whatever it may be. It's not gold. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about gold. You know, and you know what? Pure gold, you know, it's transparent. It's like, whoa. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's clear. It's transparent. Can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? And he says, I'm preparing a place for you. Mm, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but I can imagine. I can imagine what God has for me and for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. There it is. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again. How many of you know Jesus is coming again? And folks, I usually say this at funerals. Let me say this. There was 500 people that witnessed the ascension of Jesus going up into the clouds. And the angel said, you know, why are you gazing into the heavens? This same Jesus will come again as you see him go. Now, if you have two people in a court of law, you you can establish something. There was 500 people that witnessed the ascension of Jesus. Come on, somebody. That's after his resurrection. Come on, somebody. 
And you know, his last words, I'm coming again. I'm coming back. Oh, Woo. how many of you know he's coming? Give the Lord a hand clap. He's coming back. He's coming for you. He's coming for me. He's coming for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. He's coming for a, you know, and he's, you know, he's preparing a place for his bride. The church is the bride of Christ. Can you say amen? That's what the scripture says. I, I said, I, I know some things because they're in the Bible. And the church is the bride of Christ, and he's coming back for his bride. And there's something we could be thankful for. Do you want to know how long he's been redecorating heaven for you? Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say, come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Woo. You know, how many of you know when you want to make something special, you, you, you know, you have to have some money out there decorating and doing those things. And how many of you, it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of effort. Notice what he said. Since the creation of time, he's been working on it for us, for you, his bride. Think about that. Hallelujah. There'll be no more broken bodies. Somebody say amen. There'll be no more broken dreams. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. There'll be none of those things there. Those things will be, you know, there'll be none of that there, but we will be there with him. So he's preparing that for us. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, you know, there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more suffering. The Bible says, according to what you did with what you were given here on earth, the stored up treasure is in heaven waiting for you there. Mm, you know what? I don't know about you, but I, I'm a type of person that I, I like to save. I don't like, you know, I, I, I like to have something. I always have something. I always putting something back. And how, you know what? Down here, and, and this, this, it's okay to do that down here. But this, this is going to fade away. But let me tell you something. What you really need to put it up is up there. Somebody say amen. amen. Store it up there. It's going to be waiting on you. Can you say amen? amen? Let me finish on this scripture. I know there's a lot to say here. The Bible says that only his children are going to heaven. Now, I'm going to tell you, say, let me just stop here because I know there's a theological thing I need to address here. Now, some people have this idea that, that's, that's wrong is that everybody, all dogs and everybody else goes to heaven. Not so. Everybody's going to heaven. No, everybody isn't. I'm sorry to say that, but it's not according to my, the Bible I'm reading. Only God's children those that call upon the name of the Lord, those that ask Jesus in their hearts. Can you say amen? And if you're that, if that's who you are, this one, that's, you're sitting here and saying, well, that's me. Well, then that's you. Then you're going. But see, some people have this, this thought, well, God loves everybody and God's taking everybody to heaven. That's not so. Because there is a heaven. And, and what's that other place? Now, some people think that's just a kind of like, well, you know, that's just a state of whatever. You know, it's like this earth is hell. No, there's going to be, there's going to be a literal hell. Now, I know that there's some people would disagree with that, but that's what my Bible says. And that's a, a literal place. I want, how many of you want to make heaven your home? You want to make heaven your home? That's what we need to do. Can you say Amen. I'm going to close on this scripture. The Bible says this too, 1 Peter chapter 1. God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And God in his mighty power will make sure 
Oh, underline that. Make sure. Oh, yes. That you get there safely. How many of you would agree we have something to be thankful for today? We can thank God, and we have something to be thankful for. Oh, hallelujah. When you think about your family and the adoption, when you think about your home that God has for us, and and we're going to be there with him, a day is going to be like a thousand years there. I mean, eternity. You know what? And somebody said, you know, what are we going to do? Just lay around on damp clouds? No, I don't believe that. I said damp. Damp clouds. Some people just say, I mean, it's like, oh, you know, we're just going to kind of Casper the friendly ghost, just kind of, you know, float around. No, 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 no. We're going to have bodies. Are there going to be these kind of bodies? No. See, if you went to, to, to the moon, you would have to have enough, another suit. Can you say amen to that? Because you can't live on the elements there. Well, see, you're going to have to have another suit. This is your suit down here on earth. And you're going to have to have another suit when you're in heaven, Okay. It's going to be an eternal suit that you have. Uh, it never gets old, okay? Uh, I'll have a full head of hair up there. Somebody say amen. Oh, I like that. Hey, is that good, Bob? You will too. <laughs> we'll, we'll dance for a thousand years over that, won't we? I'm going to deer hunt up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get my bow out, you know, and see one coming out. And it's going to go, get that deer, and he's going to look up and laugh and pull it out. (laughs) We're going to have fun in heaven. If we're having fun down here, we're going to have more fun up there. So we can be thankful for a home. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, Now, how many of you know we use that word homeless? How many of you know it's a very negative thing, and it's, a, it's not a good thing? Can you say amen? Somebody that's homeless. We're not going to be homeless, folks. God's preparing us a home, and we can be thankful for that. Give the Lord a hand clap. Would you do that? Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me? You know, again, I want to reiter- reiterate something that I said earlier about the last days that men would be unthankful. And I think the thing that separates is being thankful and unthankful is attitudes that are in people's hearts and lives. And I want to be a thankful person. I have been at times in my life unthankful and not appreciating what one has and not appreciating the things that God has given to us, being unthankful, and that's not good. I want us to learn to be a thankful people and to be like God and and to grow in character in our lives with patience and love and joy, self-control, all those things getting stronger in our lives to be more like Jesus. 